Welcome back to Practicing Catholic. Patrick Conley, glad to be with you again, along with our producer, Cammie Berthium, our technical producer, Paul Sada, coming to you through the relevant Radio 1330 AM studios in Golden Valley. Well, Generation Y is the generation born between 1981 and 1996, and you are all more commonly known as millennials. Today, being between 25 and 40 years old, millennials are found to be found in all walks of vocational life, including the priesthood. But what it's what is it like being a millennial priest? What unique challenges have arisen in this generation? Joining us to reflect on the millennial generation and the priesthood is millennial priest Father Paul Hedman, who serves as associate pastor of St. Peter's in Forest Lake. Welcome back to the show, Father. Thanks. Great to have you with us. Thanks for joining us. All right, so I think the last time we talked, you'd just been ordained, and you we were discussing your work with the COVID anointing corps, perhaps. Things been winding down uh, when it comes to anointings, or are you just as involved as you were at the heart of the pandemic? You know, praise God, things are slowing down quite a bit. I think in the past two months, I've maybe only done two or three COVID anointings, where wow. at sort of the height of it in December and January, I'd be doing two or three a week sometimes. And I only wow. really do St. Paul and the surrounding suburbs. I don't go across the whole city. So some uh, priests who would be, you know, more in a central location would be doing even more anointings than me. But in the past couple months, things have really slowed down, praise God, and uh, haven't had to have been called into as many of those tragic situations. Yeah, praise God for that. That's that's a good sign. That's a good sign for all of us, and we are grateful to the Lord for that. All right, so today, though, we want to talk a little bit about millennial priesthood. Now, I believe when we also interviewed you just before your ordination as a priest, as we try to do with all of our seminarians who are just on the cusp of priesthood, and uh, at that point, we think, if I remember correctly, you were the youngest man in our archdiocese being ordained a priest. And I'm wondering, where do you stand now, Father? It's been it's been a while, so are you still, um, I'm sure you're still amongst the younger, are you still in contention for the young guest priest? I am still the youngest priest in the diocese. There's nice. Actually, uh, there's a trophy that goes along with that. There's a crystal pacifier uh, that's been <laughs> handed out since 2010 to the youngest priest of the diocese, and I'm joining the club of priests who get it for two years. Oh, nice. Also in that, where uh, Father Joe Kuharski had it for two years as well, but oh, yeah. everyone who was ordained this past, uh, a month ago today, on May 29th, is older than me. The youngest guy in that class, Father Josh Salonik, is two months older than me, so I'm uh. still the youngest priest in the diocese, still have the crystal pacifier trophy, and I can <laughs> still use it as an excuse that, like, hey, if I mess up, I'm the youngest priest. You can't get too mad at me, right? Uh, back to back again. All right. I, I love it. I love it. Well, you know, that's uh, that's uh, not completely unique, but it's a, it's a rather rare occurrence. So congratulations, I guess, on that. So um, <laughs> let, me, let me ask you, Father, because uh, there's a ton of ideas out there about millennials in general, and... Uh, What's the uh, uh, what's it like being uh, part of the millennial generation and being uh, a priest? Are you seeing unique things that have arisen from your own practice of the priesthood, or unique things that, uh, as you're ministering to other young adults, that are coming up as challenges that maybe we wouldn't have seen in previous generations? Yeah, um, I think certainly you know being a young priest, just every sort of demographic of priest, you know, has their own sort of particular set of skills that and things that they can bring to the table. You know, last week I was at the Presbyteral Assembly 
in Winona. And so that was a gathering of all the priests of the archdiocese and just looking around the room, you know, looking at all the priests in different walks of life and different ages, you know, you can just see that they all bring something to the table, you know, and I not, might not be like an experienced counselor yet or anything like that. I need a few more years under my belt before I can really get really good at some of the stuff. But the advantage of, you know, being a younger priest is really being able to connect with people who are my age, you know, and the people who are my age increasingly are being, you know, nuns, N-O-N-E-S, people who really right. have no religious affiliation. So to be able to reach out and be like, I'm a normal person who loves Jesus Christ and is a Catholic priest, and you can do that too, you know, to be able to have mm-hmm. that, that very unique perspective on looking at things, and that, that area of ministry is really important, I think. And then, you know, just... Mm-hmm going to young adult things as a young adult, you know. Uh, I try to attend the Catholic Beer Club whenever I can uh, in St. Paul in Minneapolis, and it's always great to, uh, I've been told, you know, it's great to have a, a priest there who is, you know, the same age of the people who are attending the Catholic Beer Club, you know. So sure. not that it's, uh, you know, they'd, they'd welcome all priests who want to attend, you know, but uh, it's really great to have someone who's, uh, who's a peer who attends that too. So there's really that, that great, you know, lack of experience that I can bring to the to the table. Right. Well, I mean there's something to that, right? I mean it, there's a there's a a way of moving moving forward in that and there's a unique contribution that's made. And speaking of which, I I got to say that yes, I've heard a number of if, if I'm honest, rather negative stereotypes about millennials as every generation gets those negative stereotypes, but focusing in on the positive, what would you say are some of the unique contributions that the millennial generation can offer to the church today? That's a good question. Um, I think, I mean, we have a particular insight in how to reach our own generation, you know. And sometimes, you know, I think uh, the, the church, it's soon if something gets done within like 50 years, right? You know, so it can be really hard right. to adopt new yeah. things, new ideas, and adapt to new things. But we're in a really fast-changing world right now. So sometimes we need to be able to adapt to new things, new ideas really quickly to really get in on these new ministries a lot faster than perhaps the church has operated in the past, you know, still obviously staying within the bounds of, you know, the church tradition and not changing anything in the church's tradition, but just attacking things in sort of new ways. Uh, And I think we kind of, you know, in our craziness uh, that that we have as millennials, you know, we're able to approach that uh, in with, with a certain amount of insight, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with with youth always comes a, a bit of well, not even a bit. I'm, if I'm honest here, I, being middle aged myself, I'm uh, I'm going to have to say it comes uh, comes with energy. It comes with uh, a certain amount of zeal, and I think that that's something that again we need to continue looking to our our young adults to continue on in the life and the heart of the church. Just wondering from your perspective, too, and I'm not, I, well, I guess I am asking you to speak for all millennials, but what are the things that a parish can offer? Say they're not in the habit of attracting many millennials. What is something that a parish could really consider doing in order to perhaps become a place where young adults feel a little bit more welcome or at home? I think what's particularly important is, you know, uh, like everyone, you know, we want a sense of community. And in sort of the society that we live in right now, it can be really hard to find that, you know, especially for young Catholics who it it can be hard to find a sort of group of other young, like-minded Catholics, you know, who really want to live out their faith in a world where, you know, so many of our peers are not practicing Catholics or 
uh, are outright against religion, you know. So to offer the ability for young adults to come together in community, to offer events like, you know, pints with a priest or whatever Mm -hmm. other all sort of those classic young adult events so that you can build up that community within a parish. Because sometimes young adults, they'll go to parishes where there are other young adults, but there's nothing like there for them. You know, there's no real place for them to gather, to meet other young adults, to start to come together and to live out the faith in that very intentional way. So having a place for community is important. The one downside about us millennials is that sometimes we don't like commitment. You know, we don't like to, you know, oh, well, this event is every week, you know, or every other week, whatever it is, you know, it's like, ah, that's a big commitment to, to have to come to, you know, this every week or every other week or whenever it is. So having, you know, a mix of, you know, both regular events, but also more spontaneous mm. events to be mm. able to invite people in to, to build that community, you know. Something that is low commitment, doesn't scare scare us away, but allows that building of community. Right, right. And and you mentioned before, uh, I'm particularly interested in, in outreach and how we reach those who uh, are not necessarily regular churchgoers. Maybe they haven't darkened the door of a church at all, because you, as you mentioned before, that that there is an ever-increasing number of nuns, N-O-N-E-S, with no religious affiliation. affiliation. Um, would the same sorts of things you think appeal to that sort of young adults? What are some tips you might give for not just engaging already Catholic young adults, but young adults who are maybe far from the Lord? Yeah, I think a lot of that is on us to have that personal invite to go out and say, hey, I'm going to uh, this Catholic beer club event tonight. Do you want to come with? You know, having that personal yeah. invitation, you know, because just, you know, sometimes I'll see like scrolling on social media, there'll be ads for like this new young hip church. And it's like, well, that just seems artificial. You know, you mm-hmm. want to have these personal invites, these personal outreaches to people uh, because, I mean, like any other generation, we want authenticity. You know, we don't want something that's fake. We don't want something that's forced. So to just have that authentic invite of friendship from someone else, is super important. So for, you know, those young people who are listening, you know, to invite your friends to your parish, you know, or Mm -hmm. to various events that are going on and just have that outreach um, to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's uh, that seems to me to be that you were, you use the word authenticity a couple of times, being genuine and that sort of thing. That seems to be an ever uh, ever more sought out feature of of individuals and of parishes, and that it's almost as if uh, the younger you get, the more you can sniff out inauthenticity um, or disingenuousness, and and I think that that's something that we all should bear in mind well as we're continuing to reach out, trying to reach out to young adults. Well, Father, it's uh, it's a great it's a great honor to, to be able to speak with once again the crowned youngest priest in our archdiocese, and I pray that well that you wear this year well as well. Uh, I'm assuming next next spring you will be you will be unseated from this uh, from this honor. Uh, but uh, grateful for grateful for the way that you're continuing on in the ministry. How might we support you and the younger priests of our archdiocese in prayer? Um, just to continue to pray for us, you know, this particular year has been, you know, a difficult year, you know, with coronavirus and all, like I haven't been able to meet a lot of parishioners, you know, mm-hmm. obviously uh, things are getting better now and I've been starting to actually be able to talk to people after mass a bit more and stuff like that. But just, uh, yeah, just keep us in prayer. Um, we need it. Yeah. Okay. Well, Father, before we let you go, we always like to ask our clergy when they're on the program to end with a blessing. Would you be willing to share your blessing with us and all of our listeners, please? Sure thing. 
May the peace of God, which is beyond all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and the love of God and of his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father Paul Hedman, uh, you are the Associate Pastor at St. Peter's in Forest Lake. Thanks so much for being back on the program. Yep, thank you for having me. All right. Well, it's always a blessing to talk to our priests, and I think that just our conversation with Father Hedman really does nail home what we were talking about at the beginning of the show, that we're all sent out there. And uh, maybe just to add that, you know, be authentic, to rely on the power of the Lord, but be authentically yourself. And so don't try to put on some sort of guise in order to woo a certain type of, of person, but rather be authentically yourself and engage uh, and speak the truth in love, right? That's the uh, ongoing call of our Lord. All right, we're going to go into our final break now. When we come back, Paul, a baby boomer, and I, a Gen Xer, will tell you about some events that can help people of all ages grow closer to the Lord. Stay with us. Stay with us.